Welcome to the Transition Bridge Podcast, the podcast that will help you embrace, grow, and be transformed by the transitions of life. Now here's your host, Debbie Ronka. Hello, everyone, and I'm glad that you are here with me today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. One of the highlights for me in doing this podcast is having guests come on each week who have experienced their own personal transitions, and they redeem the pain, the trauma, and the difficult experience by creating their own programs and their own businesses to help others who have had a similar experience. Well, my guest today, Julie Tom, has done this very thing. Julie would share with you, my daughter was experiencing severe anxiety during the pandemic, and I was looking for answers to help support her, and I stumbled upon trauma healing work. Little did I know the work that I was looking for was going to help me more than I ever knew. Through this trauma healing work, I shifted the focus of my life and my business to explore the bigger picture of the nervous system and how trauma impacts who we are in life. Once I began to befriend my nervous system and understand why I am the way that I am, it helped me unravel the pieces I needed to truly heal myself, my family, my community, and on all levels, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually. Julie is a trauma-informed health and movement coach, and she was in, has been working in the health and fitness industry for over 20 years, and she is the owner of Fitimize. She is a mother, a coach, a trainer, a motivator, and an educator. She loves to be in nature, especially barefoot. Julie has worked with hundreds of different people in a variety of settings and backgrounds, and she also understands that there is not a one-size-fits-all type of routine, just like dieting. Julie is going to offer you the opportunity to learn and to adopt the best way for you to optimize your life. Julie helps you connect with your body to release stuck or stored trauma and using trauma-informed movement as her tool. She helps people strengthen the mind-body connection to move past limiting beliefs and the patterns that keep us stuck. Well, Julie, welcome to the Transition Bridge podcast. I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat with you. Oh, this is great. Well, as I shared earlier, when I came across you on Instagram, I was immediately drawn to you in the way that you help women. And I just love the things that you do, optimizing our life, uh, optimizing our humanness and helping us release that stuck and stored trauma. Um, so many of us in life have trauma and we don't even realize how it impacts and affects our lives. And I love that you're here to share your story with us and your knowledge in this area. Thank you. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a journey uh, getting to this place because when you approached me and you're talking about, you know, what's my transition story? And I honestly, I did have a hard time trying to decide what transition got me to here because now if I knew then what I know now um, and really understanding the nervous system, it's like I learned everything backwards and it's mm. been a process and it's been uh, a journey of learning how to feel safe in my body 
knowing that everything that I've done in my life and everything that's happened in my life has happened for a reason. And it's based on survival instincts. And when I um, really study and just sit back and look at the bigger picture, uh, it's to me, it's truly fascinating. And the fact that, you know, like when babies are born and the way we explore our world is through movement, there was always a draw for me to go there. And now I can actually, the fact that I can actually help other people get into their bodies, realizing that we've all been traumatized. Like we've all lived through a pandemic. So that right there, I mean, like, if you're like, I don't have trauma, I've never experienced trauma. We've lived through, we, every single person on this planet has experienced trauma due to the pandemic, for example. So that's why I chose to use my daughter as the transition story, because that's my life very much changed based on trauma and recognizing that I have trauma. I didn't know before, like before the pandemic, I had no idea I had trauma, none, but I did such a wonderful job of disassociating myself and not even knowing that I had trauma. And that's like, like, I, I, like I consider myself a recovering people pleaser and a recovering, uh, like I'm really good at disassociating and I'm, I'm really good at making other people feel good about themselves. And it's just something that, that it's, it's learned response based on how, what happened in my life. So now I'm like, no, I'm going to do things for myself now. And that's what I, I love showing other women how to do that and how to empower themselves and take their power back. That's so important. And what you shared is such truth. Most of us go through life and don't even realize we have trauma because we may look at trauma in, in like certain cases and go, oh, that's traumatic. But we sure. have had our own personal experiences that we never relate yeah. to, to well, trauma. Yeah. Because there's big T, everybody's like, most people that what you're, what you're considering, uh -huh. like what you're describing are big T traumas. And that's what people are like, you know, like a war, well, like everything that's happening in the, in, you know, in Israel right now, like that's very traumatic for many people, you know, but like war, divorce, car accidents, most people think of that as trauma or, you know, abuse, sexual abuse, or, you know, physical abuse mm -hmm. in the home, you know, living with an alcoholic parent, that could be big T, but there's lots of little T traumas as well. So for me, you know, if you're, if you're really struggling with the word trauma, dysregulation, it may be a better word to help you understand like what does dysregulation feel like in your body and if you're somebody that you're like huh do I, am i somebody that's dysregulated well a question i i always ask is are you able to actually feel different sensations in your body can you tell me like when you feel happy versus when you feel joyful what's the difference and what's the sensation can you tell me and if you can't then that's a sign that you're dis, you're dysregulated you you have a disassociation to understand it. Like, like you don't actually feel your body. You're basing it off of a cognitive process of, yeah, that's supposed to be happy and that's supposed to be joyful versus angry versus shameful. So a lot of people I have found don't really have any idea of what the sensations are. So they're disconnected from their body. But this is how we, our body, like if you understand the nervous system, our body reacts before our brain does because we have specific types of nerve fibers. And, and when you understand that, that we have 80% afferent, which is body to brain nerve fibers in our body, your body responds first biologically. So this is just a natural way, but most of us, um, because of evolution and because of our traumas, we tend to think that, think our way through it. 
right? So mm-hmm. um, we it's called a, like a top-down approach versus a bottom-up approach. So I tend to use the bottom-up approach because your body speaks a lot. But many of us who have are dysregulated, we have no idea what our body's saying. We just don't know. Like right now, just think about like if you just what type of breathing are you doing right now? You know, are you holding your breath? Are you breathing through the nose? Are you breathing through the mouth? What's your tempo? People have no idea. They don't think about these things, but that matters. All of that that information matters because it's going to impact how you uh, exist and how you live in the world. It's powerful stuff that you shared. I wanted to uh, read this. It's not a quote, but I did some studying of trauma. Um, I'm a trained prayer minister. I don't usually mm-hmm. talk about this on the podcast, but one of the areas that we we studied was trauma. And the way they described it, it's an event outside normal human experience that is beyond our control that can cause us to feel intense fear, horror, or a sense of helplessness or shame. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, for anybody who's listening now, that could be like an easy way to understand, yeah, this is out of your control. Mm -hmm. It's an event that happens and we had nothing to do with it. It's out of our control and yet it, it affects us. And that trauma gets stored in our cells, in our muscles, in our ligaments. And what Julie is saying here is, how can we be aware mm-hmm. of how our body's been impacted? Because sometimes because of the trauma, we shut down in certain areas as a protection. Correct. And the idea then is to be able to even acknowledge the trauma and begin to unpack that. But I just want to clarify, it's not the event that is traumatic. It's not the event. It's how you responded to the event. Yes. So many times it's it's really like you could be in a car accident. Two people could be in the same car accident. Someone could be like, that was okay. And some people are like, they're completely, they can't drive again. They can't get in the car or whatever. So it all depends on your nervous system and what you are born with. We're all born with a I think I call it like a stress, like a stress bucket cup. So some people epigenetically are born with their cups a little bit more full versus some other people. So depending on how you respond in different events, like some people really don't get dealt a good hand and they, you know, have Mm -hmm. a a more full bucket. And so things um, dysregulate them a little bit more. And so that's why like you can have an event of, you know, an animal passing away or your best friend, you know, hurts, like says something to you and you feel alone and you feel, you know, hopeless that you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. And because we're human, the number one thing, you know, the number one way to torture a human is isolation is that's why they, you know, like they put people in solitary confinement because we go crazy. So you think about a baby, when a baby comes out, what's the first thing a baby wants as soon as it's born to be held. That's right. Connection. Yeah. So that's, that's what we, and we are born with that. So imagine those kids that are born in, uh, you know, and given up for adoption rate or put in orphanages and don't have that connection. So some people have that and that stays in your DNA that stays in your nervous system for generations. It's epigenetics is that's like, I mean, I think the research like on rats has gone back like over, I think it was like 87 years, like 87 generations back that stays in your DNA. So imagine, like, think about like your history, like all of us, not all, most of us had parents who fought or grandparents or great grandparents Mm -hmm. had um, fought in the wars. 
right? And so, you know, there's some trauma that we've all occurred down the line and that's been passed on and we haven't been able to um, offer coping, better coping mechanisms. And like you said, the awareness, the awareness, like we just don't have the awareness of uh, how events impact us. And I think yes. that's an, a big, big piece. So a big piece of, you know, my, the beginning of my, when I work with people is I work on awareness. It's all about awareness. What is happening, uh, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually for you during certain situations. So we really want to start with that. So, yeah. So are you basically looking for um, trigger moments? Sure. Or glimmer, both. Glimmer. So, Tell me about glimmer. I glimmers. Glimmers are basically the opposite of triggers. So glimmers are those opportunities that help you, uh, that allow you to feel like in the, so nervous system wise, I don't know how much you know about the polyvagal theory, but basically the, our nervous system has three different states. Okay. So think of an upside down stoplight. Okay. So at the bottom is the red zone. It's your dorsal it's where we tend to shut down a lot of people who feel depressive or hopeless or shame. Like you said in, in the definition, we feel those heavier emotions and that's the red, like those people that are like, I can't get out of bed. I can't do something. I'm just, I, I just, I can't do this. That's the red. So that's a normal, that's a primal nervous system state. Like this is the oldest part of your nervous system. Uh, it's like over 500,000 years old. And so that is just your instinct is to hibernate when you don't feel safe, when you don't feel connected, when you don't feel, when you feel alone, whatnot. So what happened, you know, fast forward 300,000 years. So at about 200,000 years ago, uh, we, we, we developed, mammals developed a sympathetic nervous system. So this is your fight or flight or the yellow zone. So this is how we can actually move away from danger. You're like, oh, there's something you know dangerous. I can get out of the way or I can get up and I can fight it. So this is the problem is that most people since the evolution of this is that we are, tend to be stuck in this yellow zone because we're like, I got to mm -hmm. fight or I got to flee. I got to fight. I got to flee. Like shutting down isn't really a an option for a lot of people. They don't want to do that because I'm human. I'm in a, you know hear me roar and the whole bit. So we get, we get, and this is what I'm seeing a lot in my practice is that I see a lot, most people that are stuck in the survival zone in the sympathetic fight or flight. They're like, I'm on or I'm off. I'm on or I'm off and I'm exhausted. And then you can, it gets a little bit more complicated, but this is based on the polyvagal theory. And then only, only in 1994, 1994, this is not very old, 1994, it was discovered that we have a third system called your uh, ventral vagal nervous system, which is your social engagement nervous system. So when I talk about glimmers, glimmers are about these opportunities where you feel socially connected, where you feel safe, where you feel joyful, enthusiasm. You feel these, these, you know, when that, when you feel really happy or excited, you know, that sensation in your body, you're like, ah, yes, this is, you know, like when you, yeah. you know, hug someone for more than nine seconds, that feeling you get, it's that mm -hmm. sensation. So glimmers are these opportunities for you to recognize where do I feel safe? Where do I feel connected? Where do I feel like I'm home? So that's been coming up a lot. It's like when I say, you know, like when I use the word home, for me, it didn't resonate a while ago. Now it does. Because when I say, you know, when you're, when you feel at home, you're like, yes, I'm with my people. I'm safe here. I'm connected here. And everybody uses different words. So that's why I try to use a little bit of plethora of different words that describe these sensations because for me, my story is 
if you would have asked me five years ago, are you happy? My husband used to ask me this all the time. Are you happy, Julie? I don't know. He's like, what do you mean you don't know? I really don't know. I don't know what happiness feels like. I know what happiness has been described as, but I don't, I do not know what happiness feels like in my body. But if you ask me what connection feels like, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what that feels like. That, Matt, like that to me, I feel that all my body feels light, feels free. It's like, I can do anything. I feel like I'm flowing. It's just, it's beautiful. But happiness, it didn't, it wasn't connected. And I realized that's because in when I was younger, whenever I felt happy, the, I was always waiting, something bad came behind it. So it was like, I was waiting for the other shoot to drop. So I learned, I trained myself not to feel happy because I knew there was pain that was going to come right behind it. So that's why I was like, I don't want to be happy. So this is where, you know, and this is how we do things in a, in a primal way, instinctive way to protect ourselves. Because essentially we, our nervous system either goes into contraction or it goes into expansion. So you're one or the other. But as we've evolved and as we've, you know, been exposed to more technology and more information and, you know, all these different things, our nervous systems can't keep up anymore. So that's why people are getting sicker. People are, you know, feeling more depressed. Mental health is on the rise, like ADHD. Everybody's like, why is there so much ADHD? Like all of a sudden, it's just, it's like cancer. You know, can't, you know, you can't throw a rock without meeting or knowing something that hasn't experienced so cancer. True. Cancer is, you know, it's just dysregulation in the body trying to tell us something. It's not, a, you know, it's not, we all have cancer cells. Are they, the question is, are they dormant? Or are they active? Like it takes a long time for active cancer to be recognized. Now, cancer is, we wreck it. We're really good at detecting it. We're better at that. Same thing with ADHD. We're better at detecting it. And we're talking about it. Like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, we didn't talk about it. Now we have a space to speak about it because we understand the nervous system better. Like I said, 1994, we didn't even know. We didn't, it wasn't even talked about before that, right? We didn't even talk about this connection and this purpose work, that spiritual work. Like if you're, you know, if you follow the church, it's all about, you know, that, that the attachment to God. Well, some people are like, God failed me. So I don't believe in that, but there's still that higher purpose. There's still that higher yes. energy because we are energy. So if you choose not to believe in God, that's fine. There's all, but there's also a higher energy. There's a higher purpose to your life. And what I found is that many people do not know what their purpose is in life emotionally, because if that's what, that's where the energy's behind. They might know it cognitively and be like, yeah, I'm here to help people. That's what I hear all the time. I'm here to help people. I'm here to serve. Yes. That's what we are as humans, but emotionally, what is your emotional purpose for you? One, and what's your emotional purpose for the world? Two. So there's two emotion words that we really need to ground ourselves to. And that's a big piece of the puzzle to help. Like, so if you're that person, like I have brain fog, I have back pain, I have, um, you know, ADHD, I have whatever fibromyalgia, whatever ailment it is in my experience, in my 20 plus years of personal experience, like I used to have chronic fatigue like severe, like my body basically failed me. And I'm like, I was in my twenties. I was totally, I had eczema everywhere. I had uh, IBS problems. I had chronic fatigue. I was just like this, I'm in my twenties. I'm like yeah. my body, how can I, my body be failing me? And I did all the things. I was, I'm a great student. I, that's like I said, I'm like, I, if you tell me what to do, I'm a great student. No problem. I'll get it done. I check it off like a box. Julie, drink your water. Done. Julie, eat your foods. Good. Do these exercises, do this, do your breathing. Da, da, I did it all, but I was still in pain. I'm like, there's something missing. Mm -hmm. And it was my purpose. 
it was and it was the emotion piece and that's when i discovered trauma i'm like oh oh okay so once we have that awareness uh, for me my three-step process is once you have that awareness then i can have understanding of why i am the way i am and when you understand why you respond the way you do it's completely empowering I'm like oh that's why i do what i do and then that from there now i have a choice and that's what does people what do, what do people want in life they just want choices because a lot of times people shut down because they don't have they feel like they don't have a choice mm -hmm. they feel mm -hmm. helpless like your definition of trauma so that's where it's based on a, a, you know it's a trauma response of how you've lived your life and the decisions the transitions that you've occurred there's many 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 that have happened and they're all wonderful because each and every single one of those transitions helped your nervous system feel safe. You made that decision based on safety. And that's where you, that's why you are where you are. And you're like, I'm feeling stuck because this stuckness is keeping you safe versus not or connected or whatever word you want to use or feeling at home. Right. Well, that, that stuck feeling just feel, makes you feel vague. Right. You, you just, you, you're not walking in your potential or your purpose. And, and this is where trauma, the limiting beliefs that we have about yes. ourselves, uh, like I always talk to my clients, you know, the limiting beliefs, it comes from someone else's pain and hurt. And it's what mm -hmm. they have spoken to you, about you, or the words spoken over you sure. that we believe is truth, when, especially when we're children because our trust factor is in authority it's in, in those over us and so our spirit our soul believes what they say we take it as truth even though it's a lie and sometimes it just takes us getting into our adulthood to realize look at the patterns in my life look mm -hmm. at the way i'm presenting myself how i'm living my life out and am i living through that lens that of something i'm really not Right. And, you know, that's my joy is helping people dismantle that belief to, and you know, to change that mm -hmm. narrative to Absolutely. first, who, you know, who does God say you are and, and the things that you're gifted with and who you truly are? Like, what is the truth about you? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. And then the trauma just gets so stored. And I, I mean, we, you know, there's trauma in our eyes from things that we've seen, trauma in our ears from things that we've heard. And, there's so much trauma stored. And that's why I love the work that you're doing is to help helping people become aware and then help them release that trauma, you mm -hmm. know? And so tell us, Julie, how you use movement to help women release trauma. So to go along with what you're saying with uh, trauma being stored in the body, basically, um, if you think of, I use fascia as, as, trauma gets stored in the fascia. Okay. So essentially what is fascia? Fascia is like, it's, it's a connective sheath. It covers every single thing in your body. So it's like a lot of people think it's my skin. It's not your skin. Fascia touches, like it's wraps every cell, every ligament, every bone, every artery, everything it's, and there's layers and layers and layers of it. And you know, like if you think about all the different organs in our body, there's a doc, there's a special doctor for all of them, mm -hmm. but we don't have a special doctor for fascia. Like for years and years and years, it was like, well, for it, in 2018, the world of fascia has kind of shifted and we're having, we understand it more. And for me in 2018, that's where that my transition, cause I was, I've been, you know, helping people move better is like, I used to do myofascial release all the time. And you know, helping people 
with mobility issues and flexibility issues. So fascia had to be part of it. So I've been studying it for a long time, but then they're like trauma and fascia. I was like, what is this? And then when you understand trauma, when we experience something that is dysregulating or something that is, you know, you feel shameful or hopeless or whatever, our bodies respond in a way in a protective mechanism. So we tend to, so if I throw something at you really hard or whatever, what do you do? You tend to have like, yeah, you, mm-hmm. you're like, it's a, it's called the startle reflex. We sure. tend to curl, we go into this fetal position. You think about babies, how do they grow, right? It's they start in a fetal position and then we work in, we work, go to expansion, right? So we start in the contraction state. So what happens is that when you experience trauma or dysregulation, you go into what's called a contracted, a contracted state and it stays that way. You don't recognize it because you haven't like earmarked it. You haven't like recognized it at that time or brought awareness to it in the moment. So that contraction stays in your fascia. It stays in the tissues. So Mm -hmm. what we have to do is we have to start working with the tissues and understand like what are the aspects or what are the things that can influence your tissues? So a lot of people just think stretching or mobility work or, you know, uh, hydration could be one, right? Just drinking more water. And it could be, right? Because, you know, there's a lot of factors. It's not just the trauma. There's a lot of, like, when we experience an event, it's not just in a vacuum. There are 11 different organ systems and all of them get impacted in some way, shape or form. Mm, So what we're looking at, so what we have to look at is like, what did the heart do when you experience that? Did it speed up? Did it slow down? And it's because your heart has its own circadian rhythm. What happened to your digestion? The fact the vagus nerve, that's where it all, like it's the longest cranial nerve. And this is how the vague, how it, you know, your vagus nerve is how we, it, it controls so much of how we regulate our, our parasympathetic nervous system. So that's why when you take a slower exhale, you're able to release some of the tension from your body, right? So it's like when people are breathing in a, rounded shoulders, you know, cramped diaphragm, and then, you know, you you know, and then you have them sit up nice and tall there, it feels different, right? So yeah, so the body says a lot. And so, you know, like, I think it's always funny when people are like, you have to like, everybody's after perfect posture. It's a big topic. Like everybody, I want perfect posture. And I'm like, I've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of people. I've never seen one person on this planet with perfect posture. And I'm like, why are we chasing this elusive posture? And it's just interesting because we have all these norms. Like I grew up and I studied the health. I've been in the health and fitness industry for so long and it's always black or white, right or wrong. This is how it is. This is how it's not, you know, and then that's why like the big one is a really common myth is knees can't go over toes when you squat or knees can never go over your toes and whatnot. And I'm like, look at sport. <laughs> like it doesn't make sense because we naturally can, like your knee has to go over your toe sometimes in a natural way. If I'm running after something or when I'm bending down, pick something up. So we have all these like conventional ways on how we're supposed to move our bodies. And, you know, when I even just say the word exercise, immediately you thought of something like you associate the word exercise with something typically negative, like sweat, pushing hard or whatever. But when I say movement, people are like, oh, it's, you know, I can just move. And so when we talk about trauma in the body, it's about bridging the gap from that, this like horrible feeling to how do I, how can I help my body move from that contracted state to that expansion state and movement is the way I've done it. So, because movement is how we survived. 
So essentially how we survive, like based on the sympathetic nervous system, you had to move, you had to fight or flight. So movement is how we heal. Movement is how we expand, is how we grow, is how we survive. And so I've really based uh, my movement and I've studied all the different types of movement styles. And, you know, Feldenkrais has, there's some really good foundation. So what I've done is I've taken a little bit from all the different movement um, modalities, if you will, like Pilates mm -hmm. and yoga. And I'm like, I've done them all. And there's, there's snippets and all of them that are fabulous. But as soon as somebody says you have to do it this way or that way, I'm like, I'm out. Don't know because my body has all the wisdom. So if you're telling me how to, I should do feel in my body, something's wrong. That's no, because your body has all the wisdom. I may need to tweak things and how does this feel? So I want to help you embody more on when I do a movement, how does it feel for you? If it feels painful, then that's probably not the best movement for you. Right. And so mm -hmm. what we do is we want to focus on moving the tissues and moving the fascia, particularly to help you unwind and unlock and release the trauma that is stuck in the body. So the fascia is really the door we want to explore and open to help you release the trauma. It's a really long answer. <laughs> no, but it's great information though. That's why I have you come on because I just knew you had so much knowledge. I, I just believe we need to understand trauma more and sure. be, be aware. And, for, and I would also say, don't be ashamed if yeah. you have trauma because the shame is the the covering that's keeping you in the trauma. So we all have trauma, mm -hmm. all the different stages and levels. And, you know, the, the key is to find that healing, find that breakthrough so you can live fully mm -hmm. and not, not feel hindered or, you know, not being able to experience full emotions because they're God-given emotions for us to experience. And trauma, like you have been sharing this whole time, just shuts that down. Yeah. Um, it's interesting you were talking about movement because this morning I did a dance movement class. Awesome. Oh, it's really a lot of fun. How did it fun. feel? <laughs> it felt awesome. And Great. honestly, and what I loved what she shared is what you were saying, however you move, your body knows best. So yes. like she would encourage us to do things, but everybody did something different because our body holds the wisdom of how we need to move. Exactly. And it was, it was a great uh, stress release and you can literally feel your body, you know, just getting lighter because you were even down to your fingers. So yes. yeah, movement is so powerful. So I would, I don't know if you could think of something off the top of your head, but do, can you share, um, a client experience, like I'm sure you have some that really stand out to you where you, you saw their breakthrough. Can, can you share one of those stories with us? Uh, there's a few, um, the biggest one. So for me, when we talk about movement, it's really about finding the, the movement that feels safest to the person. So, uh, you know, some people will be like, you got to do breath work. Some people are going to be, you have to do vagus nerve exercise. Some people are going to be do lymphatics or, you know, there's different styles of breathing, like what's the foundation and whatnot. But I had a client who basically she was 30 pounds overweight. Uh, she's been struggling with eating for a really long time. Um, I would say like adventure to say, 
you know, it was probably disordered eating to effect because she was starving herself and she was just kept gaining weight and she didn't know um, what to do anymore. She was frustrated and she had back pain. So she wasn't able to do a lot of things, play with her grandkids, get down on the ground. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, and then she was struggling with plantar fasciitis every so often. So she did, she went to physio, she went to Cairo and the coolest part for me was <laughs> when she first came in, she, I'm like, okay, we're going to get down on the ground. And she looked at me like I had 10 heads. I was like, she's like, I can't, I can't get on the ground because I'm never going to get back up. And she's like, my back hurts and the whole bit. So it was really um, about establishing trust first mm-hmm. with her. And so that like, so I stopped and I said, okay, so I want to explain to you what's going on here. Like this hesitation and, and this block and whatnot. I'm like, I hear you. And so we had this conversation about, you know, um, her belief in herself and what she believed that she could do for her. And, you know, kind of like what you said with the limiting beliefs. And so we were just talking about, you know, like what are thoughts of her when she gets on the ground and gets back up? What are some words that come up and what are Mm -hmm. some names that she calls herself? So before we even got to the ground, we just kind of explored some of those things. So then, um, then I had her do what's called a fuel assessment check. So what I do is I have people place their hands on the lower part of the ribs. And then I just had her take a deep breath in. So there's no right or wrong. Just take a deep breath in. And I'm like, what do you notice? And she's no, I'm like, I notice that my mood, I don't, my, my hand on my right hand side doesn't move. My left moves really well. And I'm like, where's your back pain on the right hand side? Huh? Okay. So what do you think we need to do? She's like, I don't know, give it, rub it. I don't know. What do you think I should do? I'm like, you tell me, what do you think we should do here? So how do we, how do you think we can get more movement in this area? So she started rubbing and like giving it. And then she's like, she, then she held her hand on her back and she said, I love you. And I was like, okay. So I was like, all right. And I'm like, retest it. What happened? What do you think happened? Her tissues moved she moved it started so that right side started moving more so it was just an incredible like people think that you know they come to see me and it's going to be like this hard like i'm a personal trainer and i'm going to push them like i used to be that trainer i'm like i'm going to push you so hard you're going to puke and i don't want people to walk (laughs) for three days after i was that trainer because that's how i survived like i used to use exercise as punishment like that was a coping mechanism for me okay so i and i like i was injured and i if i didn't feel pain it wasn't hard enough. So I, I survived, I thrived on pain. So that's where for me, you know, when I do exercises or when I do movement, I experience, I'm supposed to experience pain. This is the learned perception that I had for myself. And that this was similar to hers as well, based on all she's like, I'm supposed to feel pain in order to heal. I'm like, no, you don't. So I just showed her, I'm like, what happens when you just take a, you know, you're standing, take a slow breath and, you know, give yourself a little love, things start moving. And it was just, it was so like black, like it just, it shifted really quickly for her, which was absolutely amazing. So anyway, so it was really cool to to see. And then from there, she just like, you know, next thing you know, her weight just started falling off because she realized that the weight gain really had to do with safety in her body. It didn't have to do with the amount of calories she was consuming. And that's a big piece of the puzzle. Like when people come to me, they're struggling with weight. A lot of people come to me, they're like, I want to lose, you know, X, Y, Z 
uh, amount of weight or whatever. And that's great. And, but I find a lot of times in my world, we hold on to excess weight because of the trauma, because we don't feel safe in our body. When you feel safe, the weight will come off. So what we're trying to do when you're trying to get eat better and, you know, live better and all this stuff, we're, we're lining up all these dominoes to create more safety, but people don't think of it that way. They don't think of the nervous system as a bigger picture, but for me, someone that who has struggled with weight and who has struggled with pain and has struggled with a lot of, a lot of things in my life. When I just focused on finding safety first, the happiness in my life, I now know what happiness feels like. Like I just, the, my whole life shifted to be more optimal. Like I can, you know, a friend phones and she's like, you want to go kayaking? Sure. Do you want to go for a hike? Sure. I have no qualms about, you know, not being able to move my body anymore. Um, before I did. And I, I can get down on the ground and I can get back up and I can do the, anything I want. And so that's for me, I see a lot of people who are like retiring and they're like, their bodies start failing them. And they're mm-hmm. like, they can't, they can't travel. They can't lift luggage over their head. They can't sit for long periods of time anymore. And I'm like, this is supposed to be the prime of your life and your body's like not moving. And so this is where we focus on, you know, just the basics. We just go back to basics, but we'd look at, I look at the spiritual, the mental, the physical, and the emotional pieces that are in play. So we did that and it changed the game for her. I'm just getting chills listening to you. And it's like you gave, gave her freedom and you yeah. gave yourself freedom to feel yeah. again. Yes. One of the greatest emotions we could have is happiness and joy. Oh, that's so awesome. So I'm going to read this quote. Trauma is the most avoided, ignored, misunderstood and untreated cause of human suffering. And that's from Peter Levine. Mm-hmm. Levine. Yep. Levine. Yeah. And that's why I wanted to read that and then just take a moment to celebrate what you're doing, Julie, and how you're yeah. helping women. Um, because a lot of us go through our lives with and and we leave this earth with the trauma stored Mm -hmm. and we never Mm -hmm. experience that full freedom and expression so i just want to bless what you're doing and in closing is there anything that you would like to uh, share with any woman that is listening and of course let us know how women can reach you and as i will have it in the show notes as well for the audience awesome um for me i think the message that should get out there is that you're not alone like many of us suffer in silence and you know you don't think that you think you're the only one going through what you're going through and the amount of stories that i've heard and uh, the amount of people that i've spoken to is that you're not alone and there is hope out there like when i reach people and when i speak to people that's often the message that i'm hearing is that you you're restoring my hope again and that mm. that's you know as as a human that's a really important emotion to experience and when you have that healing can happen. And, you know, many of us get in our own ways of our healing because we lose hope or because we feel like we're alone. And I just want to say that you're not alone. And there's someone here to support you and and guide you. Like there's, I'm not the only one doing this work. A lot of people are like, you know, I haven't met anybody like you. And yes, it's because I've created, uh, I created this like job for myself, I guess, or created this space for me to be able to share what I do based on my own experiences. Like, yeah, it's not like you can go to like the career center and be like, I want to be a trauma informed movement coach. It's not something that, you know, people really 
aspire to, but I think with the shift in, in how the health and wellness industry is going, I still think I'm a little bit ahead of the curve, but it's coming. People are starting to understand that, you know what, there's other ways to heal. And I just want to put it out there that, you know, like you can, you can still heal. You're not a hopeless cause there. If you're struggling, if you feel stuck, if you feel pain and you don't have answers, there are some answers out there and I'd be happy to talk to you about it and share and hold space for you to share your story. Absolutely. So people can do that by, uh, I have a YouTube channel. There's a lot of free content there. Um, it's Fitomize Fitness. And then Instagram is my main social media, um, platform. So I, I share a lot of content there and I, I, I'm really all about, I call them movement snacks. So I try to make things very bite-sized and very digestible for people because I think the problem when we are traumatized is that we get overwhelmed very easily and you're like, oh, there's too many pieces of this puzzle. Uh, so I try to break it down for you in really bite-sized snackable ways so that you can heal every single day. So for me, it's really about what you can do every day for a minute rather than 10 minutes, one day a week type thing. So, um, Instagram is where I share a lot of that. I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, I have a website, fitomize.ca. I'm Canadian. So (laughs) hence the CA. Um, yeah. And then I'm on Facebook, but I really don't answer if you're, you can go on Facebook, but I don't really share there anymore. I don't feel it's a safe place for me. Uh, to share my information. So uh, I tend to stay on Instagram and YouTube. Great. Well, I'll have all of that information in the show notes. So anybody who's listening, don't don't stop driving and try to write all this down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Be safe. But, be safe. Yes. And um, in closing, I just want to read this last quote. A whole life can be shaped by an old trauma remembered or not. And that's by Lenore Terr. And I just want to encourage everyone who's listening. Our whole life can be shaped by the trauma that we've been through, even if we don't remember it. So my encouragement to you is to reach out to Julie. Um, If you really are feeling stuck, this could be the answer. This could be your, your next step to freedom. And so I highly recommend her I have found her so knowledgeable and full of experience. And so I'll have the information for you. Reach out to her. And I want to thank you all for coming each and every week. You are my transition tribe. Each week we come together to embrace, grow, and be transformed by the purpose and power of transition. Thank you for joining us today on the Transition Bridge Podcast. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed listening today, please go ahead and subscribe or review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to check out the show notes. And for more information about Debbie, go to DebbieRonka.com. That's D-E-B-I-R-O-N-C-A.com.